Hey guys, welcome to Wrestle Kingdom Eve. This is going to be pretty much just going to be about the Wrestle Kingdom 14 show tomorrow. I know I already kind of did a, uh, a preview of sorts, but then I realized, well, wait a minute. I didn't do any kind of um, predictions. That doesn't make any sense. If I'm going to talk about this thing so much, I might as well do some kind of predictions. So, I will get to that here in a few minutes. Uh, but first, I just want to talk about uh, just one little thing. Uh, and that is how much I actually like the uh, dub, the new dub for Neon Genesis Evangelion on Netflix. Um, anyone who hasn't ever watched that show should, should definitely check it out. Uh, I really, really do like the new dub of the uh, series. For anyone out there who doesn't know, the show has a dub from the 90s originally, and um, it had its flaws now looking back at it. And now, though, the, the new Netflix one is, is really good. Um, it's got some flaws, but I just wanted to mention that to everybody because anyone out there who's looking for something that's uh, cerebral but also in mech, or an anime show, um, you should definitely check it out. It's something that I've just kind of been kind of been working my way through, watching an episode or two a day. Um, then I'll watch all the movies afterwards. Um, I, I think that the characters, uh, in terms of their voices, are are really well done. Because um, in the original, Shinji really came off as really really mopey, uh, and he really isn't mopey. And in the new one, uh, he's a little more cheerful. Uh, and I know that the it, things get worse as they progress in the series, but he's just a little, little more like a normal person. And uh, I think that kind of works for him. And just like Oscar, who in the original really came off as a just a kind of mean, just mean spirited. And I don't think she means mean spirited. She's just a perfectionist. And she just has her way of doing things, and she wants to be right, and she wants to do things perfectly. And the new dub makes her character feel that way. It actually makes her character feel a little more sympathetic and a little more likable. So it's just something that I've really liked. And honestly, I really like Evangelion a lot. Um, it's just a, a crazy show. And it, there's a, a lot about religion, politics... Um, bureaucracy in particular, uh, anyone that's watched Shin Godzilla, the last Japanese Godzilla film that we've gotten so far, um, it's the same director as, uh, Evangelion, which, uh, basically it's, is a lot of like, like, it's like, it's like, it's like the movie's all about red tape of what would happen if there's a Godzilla attack. And, uh, Evangelion's a lot of that too, in terms of just, it's like, you know, how that, how the inner workings of an organization works in terms of politics, especially something that's like national defense, um, or in the, I guess in the terms of Evangelion, like world defense. Um, and that reminds me of that, the, the, the big company in, uh, or organization in, uh, Evangelion is called Nerve, but they pronounce it Nerve or Nerf in the, the new dub, which is extremely annoying. And then, the Magi, they call them like Magi or Magi. It, it, it's it's kind of weird how they pronounce it. That's something I don't like either. Uh, I mean, there's some things I, you know, there's some things obviously I don't like about this dub, but I feel that I feel that Netflix really tried 
with this dub. That's something that I think that the show was well-deserved. Now we need to get this as, a, as an official release. We, we need a real release of this on, on DVD and Blu-ray. Because really there's only early DVDs of the show. And if anyone goes on Amazon or eBay and just sees the prices, yeah, no. It's crazy expensive. It's something that I really hope Netflix does. And I, I've been looking. I, I looked last night to see if there's any announcement or anything about it. But I haven't. there isn't anything yet. The crazy thing is, is Netflix does do some DVDs for their shows. So I'm hoping that that they do it. I mean, Netflix has done it with a bunch of other stuff. Stranger Things obviously has box sets. You know, the other streaming services have done it. Hulu's done it with Handmaid's Tale and some of the other stuff. So I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that we get it because it's it's a well-deserved show. I think it's a really well-acted thing. I know a lot of diehards will hate it or or always, you know, there's the dub versus sub debate, uh, which I, I don't want to get into right now. Maybe, maybe it's a topic we should get into later, but uh, still, it, it becomes kind of a flame war when you talk about that. But still... I think it's a it's a really good dub. It's still got it's still got the subtitled version on there. Uh, the one thing that I will say about the dub, and this goes for all dubs, is why do they change the dialogue sometimes? So I know they got to match it with the mouth, but there are certain times in all anything dubbed. It doesn't even have to be an anime; it could be anything where a character might be off screen and is talking. Well, why do you need to change the dialogue then? There's no one on screen to match lips up with or anything. There was this, it made me think about this. There was an episode I watched, I think it was in uh, episode 8 or 7 of uh, Evangelion. Uh, Gendo's on a plane, and the camera is just like way off in the distance, way behind their heads, and they're just talking about the U.S.'s involvement and, uh, in, the new, in one of the newest Ava uh, mechs. And... They just, they, they don't, you know, and I had the subtitles on because at the time I was trying to listen over my phone and I, sometimes my phone's not the greatest for, for audio so I just had the subtitles on and they just weren't matching up and it, I don't know, sometimes I feel like it might change the tone of the show and I know that that's why some people prefer sub over dub but I like dubs, I do like dubs. Uh, Cowboy Bebop's got an excellent dub. Dragon Ball Z, I grew up with that dub. Uh, it's just... That that's that's my favorite way to watch that show, and I even changed the music. I know, but I actually do like a lot of the American music more than the Japanese music. But I don't know. I mean, it's something that I think we should definitely um, address. I think as a community of anyone who does uh, watches anime or uh, any kind of like uh, film translations. Or anything like that, you know. I mean, those would get even more respected if that was the case. And I think Netflix did a great job with it overall. And also, the video quality is 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 really good. So that's another nice thing. And it's just something that the show is so good. I'm glad to see that it's getting something done. That's not just those those remake movies. Uh, the fourth one's coming out in Japan soon. But I'm, I was hoping that. There'd be more of a resurgence of Evangelion, but you know, it's just—it's kind of got its own crowd. It's people kind of grew up watching the old show, and it, it sucks because there's not really anyone watching it that are like younger. I think really per se, they've kind of moved on to the different 
different shows. Anime is, a, is an industry is very, very different from when I really started getting into it in around 2000, 2001. And I, I you know, I respect the classics, right? And, you know, Evangelion's one of those classics. And that's something, it's something that I'm glad Netflix has done, you know, like, you know, they've done, all, they've been helping with a lot of newer shows, but then they're like, well, let's go back and get an old show. Something that's like, you know, is, is, is revered in the community and they didn't and it and I think they did a good job and so that's something that I hope maybe they do more of maybe they can find more shows or get some deals to do something with some other things I mean maybe the weird thing is is Evangelion's almost about and this ties into what I was talking about yesterday about reboots in some way like everything just kind of seems to be circular and uh Things always seem to go in the Evangelion. Things come and go. It's just, there's a lot of weird um, reincarnation, I almost feel, in the show. So maybe they could do a new sequel and it would be on Netflix or something like that. Because, I don't know if you heard, but the creator, uh, Hideaki Ano, he came out and said about how bad his relationship was with the original company that he made, Gainax, that made the original Evangelion and what happened and everything that led to him leaving. And uh, apparently they were just taking money left and right from a lot of the original creators of the show and, and even other shows like Gunbuster and stuff like that. Those guys didn't see any of their money. And, you know, that's why he left and then formed his own company to make sure everybody gets paid. And, you know, there's people embezzling money and there's uh, the, the newest guy that was the head was basically... Uh, I did. I didn't. I could, it, the article really didn't say it was. It was a good article on the Anime News Network, and I'll, I'll tweet it out later. And it said about some kind of I don't know, like indecency or something with his family. Some. It sounded like some kind of domestic thing or something. I don't know. It was. It was really crazy, and uh, it sucks. It sucks that that Evangelions came to that. But at least Ano now basically runs and owns most of Evangelion and I think that's why Netflix I think was able to get it and also uh, that's how he's able to do the new movies so I'm hoping that we continue to get more after this uh, there's a great thing they just announced they're going to be doing new Funko Pops and they're going and they're doing Evangelion and they're doing the three pilots uh, Ray, Asuka and Shinji and uh, Ava Unit 1 which is the one that Shinji pilots and awesome just just awesome they the that one looks really good i'm not a huge pop fan but the unit one looks really cool and i, I could kind of see this being some of the harder to find pops out there for anyone that's pop collector because i they are going to sell a lot to the general public you know you're not going to see these at walmart you're going to see these at comic book stores uh places like that online maybe may at hot topic because they have a lot of anime stuff but they they are going to be something that's flying off the shelves, so they might end up being kind of hard to find after a while. So if whatever they do come out, if you see them in the wild and you want them, buy them right away. Because if not, you might have to pay double or triple the price, especially the unit one. I think that that one being kind of a special one, it's not just a normal pop with, you know, because they all kind of have similar eyes and stuff. But this one will be a, a unique one. You've you got to get that one because if you don't, then it's going to be hard to find in the future. Really, that's not going to be something that's going to be easy to find, I don't think, in a couple years. 
Uh, it's kind of amazing to think that Funko Pops are still around and somehow they've still been able to keep their popularity. But, you know, here we are. And good for them and good for Ava. I'm hoping we get more Ava toys. Yeah, new Ava figures would be great. I know we have some, but uh, I'd like to just see more. It's just like Dragon Ball, you know, Dragon Ball's still around. There's still new toys in America, too. It's not just Japan. I mean, we're getting American toys. There's two toy lines now. There's the Dragon Stars, and then now we got this, like, kind of a cheaper one. But, you know, that's what's great. And Ava, I, I wish it could get to that point, but I know it's never going to be as big as that. But that, that's fine. Something I might end up doing as a as a as like a YouTube exclusive or something, maybe in the future, will be to do kind of an episode by episode um, kind of review. I mean, oh, I'm not gonna hit all the points in it, but I'm gonna kind of do like a review and a discussion of every episode and just kind of what I think and the, kind of pull things apart and kind of deconstruct it because there's a lot to deconstruct in Ava and and not just a just a hey well here's what's going on in the plot kind of sense and like oh something's going on behind the scenes but also in a in a way that is it's Ono's belief on life it, he put a lot of like his belief on life and spirituality and religion especially Christianity and stuff towards the end but also how he views how people live in the world like I said there's a lot of like bureaucracy in it literally a ton of main characters are people that work in the government which is crazy to think. Think of an anime where the main characters aren't like any kind of mech show or any of these like magical girl shows or something like that. The main characters are just kind of like young people. This show has middle-aged people like Masato. Like she's kind of like a little older. She's like middle-aged. And all the way to people that are older, like the Magi kind of play people and things like that are involved in the higher end of the government. And then you got like Gendo, who's Shinji's dad, who's definitely older. All these people which is unique too for an anime. And that's something that definitely, definitely, definitely is something that needs to be uh, championed. Because if you notice now, anime really doesn't have a, a diverse group of age brackets. And in some ways it kind of sucks because you're just kind of seeing the same kind of people do the same kind of thing. And so there's not a lot of diverse things in terms of people and where they're at and seniority and powership and leadership and things like that and uh ava's i mean it just breaks the mold i mean you know dragon ball had some old people too you know i mean a lot of older shows did but now it's a lot less and also there's a lot of female empowerment in this show i mean there's three pilots two of them are women uh masato's uh literally kind of the commander in in a lot of ways she's kind of the operations manager of nerve you know, uh, she's uh, her best friend is the scientist that helps build this stuff. And she's a woman, you know, like, that's crazy. This is 1997, you know, so there's been shows doing this for a long time, but no one thinks about it. And the reason why people don't think about it with this show is that it's just well done. You, you don't care. You don't you don't have to care if they're a man or a woman or whatever. They're just people, you know, which is great. That's the cool part is you just you're just along for the ride. It's a fun show. Makes you think. It's it's a, a beautifully animated show. There's some cool action scenes in it. There's a lot of introspective scenes. There's a lot of... There's even some, you know, typical anime, like goofball kind of comedy like you'd see in the old Ron Mahaff stories, you know? Like, not, not the full episode, but, you know, like one or two little snippets. It's cool. Like, there's cool... There's a little bit of everything. There's a little bit of uh, genre mashing in there. 
And so it's that's what's probably one of the best things about this year. I'm sure that's why a lot of people like it. But it'd be cool to kind of do that and explain that in every episode. You know, like, look, there's like either these people are doing this and this is meaning something. It's not just people doing things. And I'm hoping that more people watch the show now that it's on Netflix. But I'm afraid that, you know, the way Netflix kind of works is their algorithm is if you don't watch anime, it's not going to show you anime. Uh, you know, if you're if you only watch rom coms, it's not going to show you an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie. So that would be, uh, you know, so it's it's not going to find a lot of a new audience, but it's going to have people, you know, but it's going to find anyone that's an anime fan's going to see it. So, but I don't know, you know, how willing people are to want to go watch it. I mean, a lot. Of, I think some people know that this show is like this is one of the best shows. This is if you're going to watch something, especially if you like the giant robot genre this is what you watch this is this is peak quality you know so everyone out there just go watch this just just go watch go watch it it's worth it it's it's definitely worth it you know it's worth it you can pay 14 bucks for 12 bucks 12 bucks i think 12 i don't know whatever it is for netflix now i think it's nine bucks if you only want one stream or whatever so you nine bucks even if you don't even have it look you go watch this whole 26-episode show, and plus there's the movie, the original movie before the new reboot movies. There, you, you have you have a lot to watch, and it's it's worth it to do it. And also, the more people that watch it, the more Netflix will know that people watch it, which then in turn makes them want to make more unique things, more anime, maybe more Evangelion, maybe do something else, maybe get the... Maybe work on trying to get the rights to show the reboot movies on there. Things like that. You know, people don't realize that that there is things behind the scenes that if if they build it, they will come. But it's it, but you but it's like if they watch it, they will come. So uh, and then on with that, I think I'll uh, go into my predictions. I couldn't think of the word. I sometimes I trip over my words. I'm like Charlie and It's Always Sunny. Sometimes the words don't come out no goods. So this is going to be my predictions for Wrestle Kingdom 14. I'm going to run through every match for this. And then we'll see We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll keep a running tally because tomorrow is the first... Uh, or not tomorrow. Well, I guess it's tomorrow, technically, but it's at 3 a.m. my time on the East Coast. It's midnight on the West Coast, which would make it a little easier to watch. Because I don't think I could go stay up for, <laughs> until 3 a.m. Or I could go to sleep, wake up at 3 a.m., watch it from 3 to 8, probably. it's they, Everyone's thinking about five hours, which is crazy. Because the normal show is five hours. Like every normal Wrestle Kingdom. But this is two of them. So we're in for a 10-hour, 12-hour weekend of just two shows. And New Year's Dash, which would then be on Monday which will be another three hours, probably, something like that. So the first match will be, they're calling it a stardom special match. It's a tag match between Mayu Iwatani and Arisa Hoshiki versus Julia and Hanakimura. I don't know much about the stardom girls, to be honest. I don't really watch stardom. It's something that maybe someday when I get some time, I'll kind of start watching uh, Bushi Road, who runs both companies, Stardom in New Japan, I think are kind of doing this not as a test, but kind of as a way to show that Stardom exists. Uh, from what the the talk is right now, it's not being taped. 
for at least New Japan. It might be on the Stardom Network later. I'm sure maybe some footage will leak on Twitter, YouTube, you know, someone with phones. Especially, you know, especially Americans that are there. We love, we love recording stuff and putting stuff up on YouTube and especially Twitter. So I do know Hana Kimura a little bit of the name and, and, and Iwatani. Um, let's just say I'll go with Iwatani and Hokushiki then. Uh, so then the second match is an eight-man tag. It's the it's Great Bash Heel, which is Tony Yokohama and Togi Makabe, which, you know, Homa had all of his injuries with his neck, and now he's back. And they're with Yuya Uemura and Yoda Suji, and they verse Tona, or Toa, allow cannot, not, not read or speak tonight. Toa Hinare, Alex Coughlin, Clark Connors, and Carl Fredericks. Basically the, uh, Right now, the uh, young boy Amer- Gaijin scrubs. So basically, I think it's going to be pretty simple. I think Home is going to win this match for uh, his team. I think it's just kind of the big deal because, you know, he's coming off of his severe neck injury and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, crap, at first people really didn't think he was going to be able to walk again. And it was kind of touch and go for a little bit too. So he's going to get the win because, you know, he's going to win. He's just going to beat one of the Gaijin guys because it doesn't really matter uh, for them right now. Yeah. And you're going to find out that most of these matches are tag matches until you get to the main event type matches. And that's where you get into one-on-ones. No triple threats. No four-ways. Maybe sometimes in a junior heavyweight type match, but not in a, not in your main matches. Um, so then your next match is Tenkozi, Tenzon, and Kojima versus Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi. It's kind of a Toss up ten cozies old, not Nagata Nakanishi are old. That's something that who knows. I'm just gonna say it's gonna be ten cozy on name recognition for for them um, in general. So I think that's what's gonna happen. Uh, and then the next one, which is gonna be an interesting one, it's the second to last match ever for Jushin Thunder Liger. And it'll be Liger versus in Tachi, te, uh, blah blah blah, Tetsumi Fujinami in the Great Sasuke and Tiger Mask with El Samurai in their corner versus Naoki Sano, Shinjiro Itani, Tetsuhito Takaiwa, and Ryusuke Taguchi with Kuniaki Kobayashi, Kobayashi in their uh, corner. I think it's pretty safe to say Liger is going to win this match because. He's, they want him to win a Tokyo Dome match, I think, this weekend. They're not going to have him win the win the next match. And that's because, wait till you see who's in the next match. When you see who's in the next match, which is night two, it'll it'll explain itself. It'll make sense. Um, there is a special guest ref, and it's Norio Hodaga. Uh, I believe he trained Liger. I think I might be wrong on that, but I believe he trained him. So I think that I think Liger is going to win. I think he's gonna take. The, he's gonna win the pinfall. He's probably gonna do, probably a power bomb, like you know, his Liger bomb or something like that, to win. I think it's gonna. It'll be a big deal out of it, and it'll be his last win. So, you know, it, it, rightfully so, especially on a two night show. Then the next match, an eight man tag match. Surprise, surprise. It's um, most of Los Ingobernables de Japón, which is Evil Sonata, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi. Which anyone who hasn't watched, if anyone who has out here hasn't watched Sonata and Shingo, you should watch those too, for sure, definitely. They're versing Suzuki Goon, my favorite team, which is Minoru Suzuki, the baddest ass on the face of the earth, 
Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr., and El Desperado. Toss-up. Could be either one. There's been rumors of Suzuki leaving New Japan after the Tokyo Dome. And I think this could be the big night for Los Ingenobles. So I'm going to say that the Ingenobles win. Because I think that they may stand tall at the end of the night. Or end of the two nights, let's say. Suzuki may take the pinfall in this, by the way. Just because he is maybe on his way out. And that's actually might be the sign. If we see him lose, maybe that's the sign. That, that, you know what I mean? This, is, this could be the, the sign for it. So the next match, an eight-man tag match. Wow. I didn't see that coming. So it's, it's Chaos, which is Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toriyano, and Yoshihashi versus Bullet Club. But it's not the Bullet Club you remember, most people out there. It's Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Kenta, and Yujiro Takahashi. I think it's pretty safe to say Chaos is going to win this. Because uh, it's kind of the it's the NWOB team of the Bullet Club. Sorry, guys. Um, especially Chase Owens. Chase Owens is like so weird. They only use him on like the really big shows, like any kind of a major show. And then other than that, he just kind of disappears and he works in uh, some indie fad in like the Midwest. Something like that. It's really strange. It's a really strange thing. But... I don't know. I, I think I just I don't think he likes to travel. That's not for Japan because he probably just likes Japan. I think, and he kind of fell into the Bullet Club. Kind of a good thing to kind of work into. Um, but I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say Chaos is gonna win this. Uh, you kind of find out that a lot of these bottom matches they matter in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways they don't matter. They they tell stories, but they also don't tell stories. Sometimes you know who takes the pinfalls the important person who and who went and who pins. And you know there might be one or two little spots that matter in the long run because it might kind of hint at major things happening later. But other than that, you're just like nah, nah. But the thing is, nine times out of ten, the matches are fun. So that's that's the key. If the matches are fun, you're gonna have a good time. And then you got your big matches that tell the story overall. You know, it's just your background characters for stuff. And uh, this is when you finally start to kind of get to matches that are a little bit more important. And this is the uh, IWGP Tag Team Championship match. And that is the Gorillas of Destiny, which is Tongaloa and Tama Tonga. And that reverse Fit Juice, or Finn Juice, my bad, it, which is, it was Juice Robinson and David Finley. Which probably be a pretty good match. Juice Robinson's actually really underrated. I know a lot of people like him, but I think that he's probably more underrated than that. And... He just hasn't had a lot of time to shine, even in, in, in New Japan. Uh, and, and New Japan's perfect fit for him. He, he wrestles a great style there. Uh, he seems to enjoy himself. You can tell that. And so I think that, I've been honest, I think that we're probably going to see, I'm going to say we're going to see Finn Juice win this. They, they, they are not the champions going into this. So... I think we maybe this will be one of the times we get to see a new champion. There's a lot of times. A lot of the lower-end belts will change hands. Uh, sometimes I feel like they just do it to change hands. Uh, if you look through their title histories of some of the lower-end belts, look at the look at the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship ma- uh, belts. They don't the, the belts don't really matter a lot, and that thing just constantly changes. Uh, that's like the never open weight, the never open weight belt. It matters, but at the same time, oh my gosh, 
they will just constantly change that belt. And it's kind of like they test people to see who can have a belt and and stuff too. And also, like, if it's a guy that they want to give a belt, but they don't like to change their world champion, it's kind of the belt for those kind of guys. So the next match, speaking of a championship match, it's the IWGP United States Championship. And it's in a Texas death match with Lance Archer, who's the champion, versus John Moxley. And the match can only be won by a 10-count knockout or submission. So it's going to be like a more of a traditional old-school match. I really hope that these guys don't even come out in um, in uh, gear. They come out like, you know, like Texas, like old-school, like street fight deathmatch, Texas deathmatch type stuff. Jeans, T-shirt that's got like the sleeves cut off and like their wrists taped up and their hands taped up because they're just in for a fight. They know they're just going to beat the snot out of each other. Uh, I think Moxley's going to win. He challenged Archer, who won the belt because Moxley um, had to had to like forfeit the belt because he got severely injured. And his, uh, his like a mer- not MRSA, but I think it's a staff infection or something. His arm was pretty bad, so he had to sit out for a while. He had to miss a couple AEW shows and uh, some things like that. So I think that I think this is a good time to give him the belt back and. But it also might just be a show to see how long he's going to stay in New Japan. Maybe there's a chance he's not going to want to stay in New Japan much longer. Not not because he hates anything, but I think, you know, sometimes the travel and stuff. But he loves wrestling. I think he's going to be there for the long haul. And uh, I think he's going to win. I think that's a safe bet. And also, it's kind of, it's almost like a unification match in a lot of ways, that match. Just because he was the original champion, but he had to forfeit it. It, was, it, was, it wasn't even his own fault. He just got hurt. So I think it almost would make sense to have him win about back. But maybe they want to push Archer more. You know, Archer stays there. He he, he he did have a tag team partner in Davey Boy Smith Jr., but he left the company and maybe they would try to push him a little bit more, you know. I, you know, but I would Moxley's a bigger star. So uh, that's I mean that's kinda of who I would go with, but you never know. Uh so then the next match, this is the big three of the night. And this is the like it you can say big four with the Moxley match, but I, but the, these three, this is the three matches that I think are going to blow people out of the water um, this night. And uh, this was the one that I think, like I said, I think I said this before on the the previous episode, my preview episodes. I think this could be the match of the of the entire weekend. I, I really do. I think that this match could just be nuts. And it's the uh, match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. And it's uh, Will Ospreay, who's the champion. Versus Hiromu Takahashi, the man returning after, I think it's a year and a half, of his of his neck broken, and I think they're just gonna blow it up. If if you haven't watched any IWGP Junior Heavyweight like match, or New Japan Junior Heavyweight match, you, you gotta check it out, because when they when they're let loose and they have something to fight for, whether it's like something like a like a tournament, like a like a super J Cup type thing, or or a belt, especially at a big show, they're just gonna go nuts, and it's gonna be fun. And I think Takahashi's gonna win. I, you don't want him to lose his first time out, but New Japan can be like that. They can have people lose because if the match is good, it tells a story that you can't win everything. You know, it's not it's not WWE, it's not American, and sometimes it's good. You know, like it's a different thing, but it. it in some ways, it's a slow burn instead of the let's because they caught on fire. Let's go with it, and they don't do a lot of feel good stories. 
which is, explains why I'm going to talk about the Liger match in night two. And it, it all kind of works together. So the next match, this is where, like, you could almost say this is a mini tournament where you got two matches on night one. It's the, uh, you got the Intercontinental and you got the World Heavyweight. And then the winners of those two fight each other and the losers of those two fight each other the next night too. But that's kind of just like watching the third place game at the World Cup. It's just kind of for fun. You just don't want to be last. That's literally all that it's for. Uh, but the uh, the you know the idea is that you come out as champion of of, of both belts. Uh, so the the intercontinental one, it's Jay White who's the champion versus Tetsuya Naito. I fully expect Naito to win this for sure, and they'll have a blowaway match. White's great. Naito's amazing. He slowed down a lot because of injury, but he's still great. He's still kicking it out there. His character is what will really work for him always. Um, he kind of gets over with the fans just. Has that nonchalant attitude? It's just like I don't care about you, but everyone cares about him because they, because he doesn't care about them and doesn't care about anything. He just he beats his own drum, which and if you think about it in Japan, you, there's there's almost got to be an outlaw sometimes because they're very uniform society and and you work long hours and you you got to do what you're told and as they say there, the loose nail gets the hammer. He's the loose nail. But for some odd reason, the hammer won't work on him. And you, you, you always have a couple guys like that. That's probably why the Yakuza movies work well over there. Same idea. Same idea, but he's the wrestling idea. Masahiro Chono, his character was a Yakuza boss. It's pretty much what he was. He dressed like it. So, you know, he's kind of that, but in a more... Uh, I just don't care about anything. A nihilistic view. Uh, so, I, I think I think... I think Naito's going to win this, and uh, he'll face the winner of the next bout, which is going to be Kazuchika Okada, the champion, versus Kota Ibushi, and this is for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So, I don't think Ibushi's going to win. Maybe not win the entire weekend. I, I think... I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna. I think that I don't think Abushi's gonna come out as the champion for the entire weekend. I just, I don't know. But then again, that's one of those things where maybe it's because I don't live in Japan. I'm not. I'm not the boot on the ground that gets to see how his fan reaction is every all the time. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna say Abushi's gonna win this, and this will be. This will be. He gets the championship for one night. One night. And they have a big celebration for me now. I'll, I don't know. I'll, you guys will find out on Monday. I'm going to do... Monday will be a gigantic recap of about 10 hours of wrestling. And then I'll probably have to do a recap the next night for New Year's Dash. That'll probably be the next two episodes. Because there's going to be no way I can do all three. And that'll be a lot of information as well in one podcast. It'll probably be a three-hour podcast. So that wraps up night one. Night one, and then we, you know, we kick off night two just the next day, and you know, same place. It's in the Tokyo Dome. Um, you know, we we're basically gonna kind of get the blow off from night one. It's crazy to think they're doing two nights in a row, but you know, here we are. And uh, so then the night two is gonna start off with the most violent players, who is uh, Togi Makabe and Ryu Toro Yano and Ryusuke Taguchi, who are the never open weight six man tag team champions. That's a long, long name. 
and they will be in a gauntlet match versus Chaos, who's uh, in this. It's going to be Tomoho, Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi Hashi, and Robbie Eagles versus the Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi versus Los Cinco Nobles de Japón, Evil Shingo Tagagi, and Bushi versus Suzuki Goon, Taichi Eldest Brado, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. I think. So I, th- I think it's a gauntlet match. So I think, I think the champions are gonna start against Chaos, and then you know the loser, then the next team comes in. And uh, this seems extremely unfair. You put the champions in first, but I could be wrong. Maybe they won't do it that way. Maybe the champions come in last because, to be honest, champions should have an advantage in these matches. BS. Or 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 if they really want to be serious about it, they would do in quotes a random draw, and maybe them come out like third. I always hate that random draws. Either BS the guys or, like, or not BS. They they either screw the guys you would expect them to not to screw, or the opposite. Sometimes you need to throw a wrench in there. They're like third. It's like Royal Rumbles. Don't always have the big guys come twenty six, twenty seven, or one or two. Why can't a twelve? By digress. Uh, I'm going to go with who am I going to pick on this match? Because that's going to be a match. This is one of those belts that just don't really matter to be honest. I'm, just, I'm going with Los Ingrenables because I think they're going to come out strong. I think there's a good chance of that. And then they'll all, you know, they'll all have belts. We're going, to, we're going to throw out belts here. You get a belt. You get a belt. Look under your table or your chair. You get a belt. Uh, so that, you know, that'll be, it'll be a whatever match. Uh, and, you know, and I think if all the Los Ingrenables guys win up to that point, I think you could kind of draw the conclusion. Uh, it's something to keep an eye out. That's the thread. It's one of the threads. It's going to tie in through the night and uh, and the night before. And uh, Gato, who's the Booker, is good at it's good at that. It, there's he leaves breadcrumbs or 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 you know thing he hides things, but they're not uh, necessarily always obvious. So the next match is it in terms of uh, for Americans, this is going to be one of the biggest matches of the entire weekend. It's Jushin Liger's last match. It's him and uh, Noyuki Sano with uh, Yoshiaki Fujiwara in their corner versus Ryu Lee, who's Dual Dragon Lee, and Hiromu Takahashi. So if I think Takahashi's going to win the belt, I think that it would make sense for his team to win, right? And also, Liger's not going to win in his final match. He's going to, you know, quote-unquote, pass the torch to the new guys and... You know, that's kind of the old school, kind of traditional wrestling thing. You don't win your last match. You lose on the way out. And so, now the thing is, is Liger's probably going to take the loss. I don't think Sano's going to take the loss. It just wouldn't matter. Uh, so, I think that Liger's going to take the loss. Now, who's going to be the guy that pins him? Takahashi or Ryu Lee? Takahashi's champion. Kind of give him a bigger rub if you give him the if you have him uh, beat him, but then Ryu Lee didn't wrestle the night before, and he just changed his name. He's kind of dedicating himself to Japan. Why not make two stars that that weekend have Takahashi and Ryu Lee? The more I talk about it, the more I think that makes sense for Ryu Lee. I'm going with him. Then the next the next one. This is where it's going to be like. I mean, I know this is from the American standpoint. It's just like yeah. You know, the next couple matches, you're just going to be like, oh, man, Liger, he's done, you know. It, you know, the cool down. <laughs> but, there's, you know, it's it's Bullet Club, and it's uh, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasma, who are the champions. And, and they're the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions 
versus Rapongi 3K, who's shown yo, who are actually really good. Um, Taiji for Bull Club's really good. Um, he's not the best, but he's good. Show and Yo could be really good, and I think that they're going to win it. They like having, like I said, they like having a lot of belt changes on these, and uh, Show and Yo have had them before. They're a good tag team. They work together really well. It would just make sense. Throw them, throw them out there to win. Probably a fun match. I don't think it's going to be terrible or anything. I mean, it's going to be a fun match. Show and Yo, Taiji, they can tear it up. So, I mean, yeah, well, let's, let's, let's see a good match. The next match is for the British Heavyweight Championship, which is from Rev Pro, as I had to remember the last time. And that is Zack Sabre Jr., the champion, versus Sonata. Sabre's the champ. He's from Britain. I, I can't remember if they've changed the belt hands before at, uh, at Wrestle Kingdom because it's been defended there before, and it's been defended in New Japan quite a lot. But they like to give Sonata the rub. They they really kind of think he's the future, of uh, of the of the kind of the wrestling in general. There, they think I think I think they maybe think he could be the next um, next world champ in in a couple of years. Uh, I'm gonna you know what I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with Sonata. I think it's gonna be a fun match. It's gonna be a good match, and I think Sonata's gonna um, Sonata's gonna take it. Uh, you know he'll get a nice little British expansion for a little bit, uh, on top of his Amer- on top of his Japanese tours. Yeah, I, I think why not? You know, put him in. He's in a kind of not a big spotlight match, but he's in a singles match. Singles matches are huge to have in Japan, especially if it's something like at the Tokyo Dome. Not a lot of one-on-one matches, but there's a lot more one-on-one matches on the second night than there's the first night. The next match is the IWGP United States Championship. And it's Juice Robinson versus from whoever won it from the last night, which is uh, Moxley and Lance Archer. I'm pretty sure Moxley's going to win, so it's going to be Moxley versus Juice. And unfortunately, I think Juice is going to lose it then, which sucks for him because I think Juice needs to start winning some belts and get some momentum. And uh, I think this would be a good time to do it because they don't have a lot of I'm going to say this in a weird way. It's going to be homegrown American stars, homegrown foreign stars. New Japan's always had foreign stars, you know, back to the 80s to now. And they don't have a lot of foreign stars that aren't tied to, like, AEW or, or things like that where they're, they're not New Japan homegrown. They're just they're from another fed. They're just kind of pulled over. They're, like, hired guns, which... I, I so I think that like Juice needs to be that guy, that guy that Jay White, Jay White's one. He's from New Zealand, and I think that I, I would like to see that for Juice. A uh, Juice, I think he could, he'd be a good champion. But I don't think he's going to win. Not against Moxley. Uh, the next match is the Never Openweight Championship. This is one of those belts that just is what it is. It's Kenta versus Hiroki Goto. They're always good matches. I mean, I don't want to hate on the, the belts here. I mean, honestly, like, it's not, trust me, it's not like watching a random Intercontinental Championship match on a Monday Night Raw. They've never, you know, they don't make them feel special like they used to. And these at least feel, like, you know, the matches are going to be their singles matches. It's, it, Kenta's, Kenta's going to win this match. I don't think they're going to change their belt on him right now. Kenta has some upswing. He can maybe start going for, some bigger championships in the future. So I don't think he's going to lose it yet. So then we get the final three matches of the weekend at the Kingdom 
I love Wrestle Kingdom. So the first one's a singles match between the loser of Okada and Ibushi and the loser of White and Naito. So Okada and White, which they've had some good matches together. So with Okada losing and Naito losing, or White losing, I'm going to say it's going to be Okada losing to White. And then White can be a number one contender right away for um, for the new champion. I'm not going to say who it is because you'll see in a minute. But, which you kind of know who it is. But anyways, I think that it'll make sense in the long run. And uh, they like to have multiple contenders that could go for the belt. So I think that that's the way to do it, to be honest. Um, have White win it. Okada could still be down the line and soon he, he's Okada. What are you going to do? Uh It'll be a good match, though, for sure. Uh, then uh, the next match is actually Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. And if Tanahashi Tanahashi wins, he gets a match for Jericho's AEW World Championship. And from what it sounds like, has it kind of been confirmed by AEW, at least, like, acknowledged? So I'm telling you, this is leading to them doing their their cross promotion they're going to start working together and if I did then I called it I have it on record it's online it's online now everybody so anyways it's I think it's going to be I think it's I think it's going to be Tanahashi now <laughs> because if this is really going to happen you got Tanahashi win then you have this match that leads to like I said Tanahashi versus Jericho um Moxley is the US champion versus um uh, a, a, a New Japan guy. All on a pay-per-view, right? Um, you would have the IWGP champion, who I'll say in a minute, which I think you guys already know, but they can he can fight, you know, someone from AEW. And and it'd be a great, it'd be an awesome, awesome idea. We'll see, though. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I really do think it's going to happen. Uh, now the rumor is that New Japan was kicked off Access TV because Impact Wrestling, who their company owns them, is the guys that own Access TV. Um, Impact approached New Japan about a working agreement, and New Japan said nope, and so they got rid of their TV show. So I, I think there's some there's some things going on. I think I think there's some things going on that maybe we just don't know about. And Jericho's a smart guy. I think that he maybe, like I said, I think he maybe there's a chance that he kind of had Tanahashi help him come up with this idea. There's some things going on, like Jericho and uh, Omega. There was hints of Omega and Jericho fighting well before they did. And Jericho kind of planted their seeds, got with Omega, and kind of came up with something. Um, they would make mentions on podcasts, by the way. They were literally just big mentions or something, like weird, like not directly like, I could beat them up, but like, Little things about like where they were at and where they were from and stuff about different parts of Canada. I, I think, I th- I, th- I think I think it's gonna happen. I think Tanahashi's gonna win. It's gonna be a fun match. It's gonna be a cool match. And I think we're gonna get a mix of the Jericho from AEW, who's the kind of smarky, snarky, he um, heel like old rock star, thinks his crap don't stink, against the uh, with the mix with the. Um, New Japan kind of crazier version of that, like a little more psychotic. I think it's going to be a fun match. Um, and that'll lead to 
what would end up being Naito versus dun, 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 dun. why can I not think of his name Ibushi Kota Ibushi I think Naito's gonna win I think that Naito's it's gonna be the payoff of Naito's career this is the big deal Abushi's uh, still now going to be recognized as a former IWGP champion. Um, maybe they see how the crowd reaction works for Abushi as the as now former IWGP champion, and if it works, then he could be the next champion after Naito loses it in probably six months, somewhere you know in the summer or something like that. Uh, it, it, I, I think that Naito is the safer bet. Give him, get him the belt. He's kind of. Still over. He's over with Americans. Not that Abushi isn't, because he certainly freaking is. Um, but I just, I, I think Naito fits the, that belt more. And I know it's because Abushi's just a kind of a crazier, like, cruiserweight, like, heavyweight guy. I don't want to pinch a woman that, but he's just. The New Japan World Champions have never been the super high flyers. They high fly, especially the last couple. But. They also do a lot of heavier, big stuff. And Ibushi does it, but he just doesn't look the part. And so I think they're going to go with Naito. And then they'll see what Ibushi's reaction is, like, with, with, with the fans. And if that works, then I think that they'll go with it. I think that that's, that's what they'll, 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 they'll see what they can do. And I think, that, I think that's the way to do it in my head. Uh, Naito can then go fight somebody in an AEW show if this all comes to fruition, which I, I really think it is. I think that, I think that's the way to go, guys. I really do. Um, what do you guys think out there? Just let me know. Send me. You know, I'm I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Facebook, uh, Geeky Steve D on any on everything. YouTube. I put up episodes of this on there. I put up clips. I'm gonna start making some stuff here soon. Um, that is exclusive. Like I'll probably do those Evangelion stories, um, episode by episode, not for a little while. This may be something in the works. I'm going to, I'm going to start making a list of cool things to talk about in the future. Uh, seriously though, anything you guys want me to talk about or any kind of questions or hey, if you think that I'm full of crap for my, my, you know, my predictions for tonight, let me know. I'm curious, especially on Twitter. It's an easy way to get in contact and we can have a little discussion back and forth. All right, guys. Have a good night. See ya.